right, all right, all right, all right, day 282. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, and I'm hyped today. We are in the book of Romans. I'm sorry, I was supposed to say, <laughs> I was supposed to say, and this is a podcast uh, where we're, we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves and are we going to see god today right today is the first book of romans fam and i'm so hyped to dive in and it's so much to say that i had to pray uh I'm, i am praying in my heart like lord help me to just tailor this down to a few minutes i don't want to keep people all day but romans fam is uh has been described as the greatest piece of literature ever written right it, it is paul's comprehensive unadulterated exposition of the gospel Oh my goodness of the gospel and it is this letter that is a rhetorical flourish bro and it is written to a church that he didn't plant and that he never visited but in the ancient world letters were like the social media right they were they were they were the only way to communicate with folks that were at a distance they didn't have smartphones right and and they served as this substitute right for someone's presence so here paul is going to expound the gospel in the context of a pastoral situation that shows that this isn't just some abstract idea this is the true story and narrative of the universe and it is the most profound one as well but it's also the basis for how we live in the unity between jews and gentiles and it is the grounding through which they ought to relate to one another. And many have said that uh, he's probably trying to defend his gospel to them so that they can support him on his other missionary journeys to preach the gospel. And so you, you just see all these things going on. And Paul is going to go in. Um, so let me just start. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. I love it. Which he promised ooh, beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So the, so the gospel is promised. Concerning, what is the gospel concern? Concerning his son, who? Jesus Christ our Lord. Who was Jesus Christ? He was a descendant of David, according to the flesh, and was appointed to be the powerful son of God, according to the spirit of holiness, the Holy Spirit, by the resurrection of the dead. Oh, my God. The first four verses of this text is programmatic for how he will expand the gospel to the Romans. Right. First and foremost, Paul says he was set apart for the gospel. Right. God handpicked him and chose him. Then he says the gospel is about God. <laughs> Don't miss that. It ain't about you. It's actually about God and what he has done. And this thing has been promised in the scriptures, right? And this is why, listen, this is why we spent the last or the first uh, uh, 10 months, right, in the OT, because it showed us that uh, the promised gospel that has unfolded before our eyes in the person of Christ, right? He was a descendant of David or the son of David. But, but but was also declared to be the son of God in power by the resurrection, meaning that not only was he the son of God before the resurrection, but that he was uh, but that in the resurrection, he was appointed as the heavily enthroned son of God at the father's right hand as ruler of the entire entire universe. This is the gospel for Paul. Jesus is the messianic king from the line of David that God had promised to seat on David's throne. Right? He's the messianic king from the line of David that has now been as enthroned as Lord of the universe. That is the gospel. And Paul from there continues uh, in his typical letter format and he's going to expound on these points he's 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 going he's going he's going to stay going to put a, a, a comma there right and, and greet them as he as he usually does in all these letters right and and he'll move to verse 16 right which have many have called uh, the thesis statement right this is the thesis of his letter he says no no for i'm not ashamed of the gospel right because it is the power of god for salvation to everyone who believes first to the jew <laughs> and also to the greek for in it in it in the gospel the righteousness of god is revealed this is about the revelation of God's righteousness from faith to faith. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So much here. But again, this is the thesis statement for the letter, right? This will go on the front cover of the book 
of Romans, right? Paul mentions that he is unashamed of this thing, right? That, that there's, an, there's an element of confidence he has in the gospel because of the fact that it was foolishness to the Greeks, right? And a stumbling block to the Jews. But, but um, he's like, no, no, I'm unashamed of this thing. And he says it was to the Jew first. Remember the narrative of Acts, right? They literally go to the Jews first. I restore Israel or restore the world. So they go to the Jews to restore the Jews. And then they go to the Gentiles because the Gentiles rejected the God or because the Jews rejected the gospel, right? And he'll get to that more. However, um, Paul is going to use this word faith and faith is a very uh, tricky term for us because it carries uh, a lot of connotations in modern day. But there is uh, a massive debate uh, in Old Testament scholarship, I mean, in New Testament scholarship about what this word means here. I think Paul is saying um, that it that, yes, it can be used in different ways. However, here, I think Paul is saying that it has to do with uh, God's uh, faithfulness. Right. And then uh, our trust in response to that faithfulness. Right. Um, this trust and fidelity that uh, that. This trust uh, that we have from God because of his fidelity to his promises, right? And, and that's the thing that he's going to um, expound. And so he goes from the individual, everyone who believes, to the corporate. And here in chapter 1, he's going to show how the Gentiles are under sin. Now, the gospel is for the Jews and the Gentiles, right? Now, and, and, but, but he's going to start backwards and talk about the Gentiles. And it's so good. It's so good. Um, there's so much I can say here. Listen, gen, uh, gen, uh, not Genesis. Romans chapter 1. <laughs> is is going to uh display the guilt of the the problem in the gentile world uh of them being under sin as well and, and in other words paul is going to show in romans 1 to 3 that the problem with humanity is that is sin <laughs> that they are all under sin right and they have because of that they have this broken relationship with god now notice when he talks to the gentiles though fam he's not even gonna bring up the tor the torah or the law but he's just gonna appeal to creation Right? He says this, for God's wrath is revealed. So remember, the righteousness of God is revealed. Now that God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people, hear this, by who their righteous, unrighteousness suppress the truth. Why or how, Paul? Since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them. Wow. For his invisible attributes. What are his visual, visible, invisible attributes? His eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly. No, no, it's clear, big bro seeing since the creation of the world being understood that what he has made as a result people are without excuse in other words what paul will argue is that all people in some sense hear this know god <laughs> the problem is is that they suppress that very knowledge they they suppress the knowledge of their creator and god has uh revealed himself through what theologians call general revelation right through what he has made generally he has made himself <coughs> No. Right. And um, he, he he has shown right through, through, through creation that no, no, this 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 orderly existence through which we live points to a rational mind behind the universe. The beauty, the harmony all point to someone behind it. Right. If and, and what we can see, according to Paul, is the justification of the existence of the God we can't. And as a result, he's like, because they suppress the truth, the Gentile world. No, no, like God gave them over, right? God gave them over to the passions and desires, 24, 26, and 28. He says that over and over and over. And um, God is like, man, you want something other than me, then I'll just give you what you want, right? And, you know, it's been said that God loves us enough not to give us everything we want, right? Uh, if he did, it would be an indication not of his blessing, but actually of his judgment. And the, the interesting thing about how Paul sets this up, remember Paul's, like in Paul's psyche is the narrative 
of the OT. Remember that like this is all according to the scriptures. So remember in Genesis 1 to 11, I think what Paul is doing in Genesis or in Romans 1 is summing up what happened from Genesis 3 to Genesis 11. Right. And remember, Genesis 11 culminated in the exile of the Gentiles or the nations at the Tower of Babel. They were scattered just like Israel would be scattered later. Right. So it's interesting how Paul goes from Gentiles. Right. To Jews. Right. Which he's about to do, because right after um, <clears throat> right after the um, um, um. Uh, uh, Genesis 11, uh, you have the call of Abraham, right? And so he's going to talk about the Jews, who is the father of the Jews, right? He's going to talk about the Jews, Romans chapter 2. So at the beginning of chapter 2, most will say that Paul switches his focus, right, to the Jews, just like I said. And he's like, no, 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 I'm talking to all y'all. Y'all get it too. And here he basically would say that some of you would judge Gentiles who were considered as outsiders, as immoral, as unclean, all this good stuff, under judgment because of what they done. But the crazy thing is, y'all worse. <laughs> like, no, 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 remember the OT? Like, like, like y'all worse, big bro. And in other words, the plight of human sinfulness, right? Uh, humans are so much under the dominion of sin in such a way that that, that, that Paul is going to say that not only can y'all not keep God's standards, but y'all can't even keep y'all's own standards that y'all place on people. Right. And he's going to hit them with with a rhetorical flurry and tight argumentation in chapter two to basically underscore the point. That, listen, that there is no favoritism with God. Verse 11. And by the end of two, he gets explicit about the Jews and starts to speak of the Jews specifically and bringing up Ten Commandments and how they failed to keep them as well. His point being is this. It's not that y'all don't know the right thing to do. It's that y'all don't do the right thing. He's like, no, no, it's not that y'all don't know the right thing to do. Y'all know the right thing to do and clearly just don't do it. <laughs> right. Like you, you actually have a, a clearer revelation. And you still have failed to obey. So it's not for like a from a lack of clarity on God's part, neither for the Gentiles or for the Jews. Right. And so he's he's just going in, bro. He's just like like really laying the foundation of why we need a solution. He's he's trying to show us the problem. Right. A problem. Uh, well defined is a problem. Half solved is my man. Jono uh, usually steals from somebody uh, that he often quotes. But um, Paul is well defining the problem here. And I know I'm 10 minutes in and I ain't got to no good news yet. But we, we, we hear it. this is Romans, fam. This is different. All right. Um, so he brings up circumcision after that. And he says, fam. Like, no, no, like it doesn't mean anything, right? Circumcision, covenant psalm, it's to set God's people apart. Genesis chapter 17 with Abraham, right? It meant you were a descendant of Abraham and a part of the covenant family. Paul is like, fam, it does no good to get circumcised and just disobey everything else, <laughs> right? Um, and, it's, and it's funny because Paul, he's like, and, and then to do to say that means you actually don't even understand circumcision, why? Because circumcision of the flesh was meant to point to circumcision of the heart. In other words, it wasn't just outward skin that needed to be altered. It was actually the heart <laughs> that needed to be changed by the spirit. And so this is why Paul brings that up at the end of chapter two. Saying like, yo, yo, like y'all don't really get it. Romans three section reaches this type of climax where Paul will essentially argue that. Um, and y'all had a benefit, right? Like, no, no, no like y'all really had an advantage, right? And the revelation that was given to you was clearer right and and more clarity we talked about that um and this clarity resulted in opportunity but also a responsibility right they were entrusted as paul says with the very words of god right with the very words of god christian if you're hearing this a practical application if you have the words of god god says no 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 like with greater knowledge comes greater responsibility right he will hold you accountable to uh living in light of what he has given us right and he uses this rhetorical technique of a diatribe where he's going to anticipate the pushback and act as an imaginary interlocutor. So he's going to like argue against himself in a, in a, in a, in a sense. And he's going to ask about the faithfulness of God. And in Paul's day, there were Jews who would say, no, 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 like God will fulfill his promises to Jewish folk, regardless of our obedience, regardless of everything else, because we we his right. We, he's, he chose us. Right. And Paul will get more into that in uh, Romans 9 through 11. 
But Paul said, no, no, for God to judge doesn't make him unfaithful. It actually makes him righteous. Remember, this is about the revelation of his righteousness, right? And Paul is talking to Jews, but also us who are presumed upon God's grace and think we can live any kind of way we want just because we grew up in church, just because uh, 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 we listen to podcasts, just because, you know what I'm saying? We we said the sinner's prayer one time, right? And I love how he moves at the end of three or in the middle of three in verses 13, 18. He says, uh, their throat is an open grave. They deceive with their tongues. Notice the uh, bodily imagery he uses. Viper's venom is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and wretchedness are in their paths and the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes in other words he's saying no no he, he uses the entire body to say that sin has infected uh, the jews but also humanity from head to toe right they are under depravity under uh, sinfulness and they are totally sinful and um you're like yo i need a solution <laughs> because this is crazy and, and what he does is he moves he says in verse 21 he says um he says no he says no but now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. Notice that. He says, apart from the law, so the righteousness doesn't come from the law. So the problem here is with the Jews is, no, 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 Torah. Like, like, like they thought they could get righteousness from Torah apart from Jesus, from, apart from the Messiah. And Paul's like, no, 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 like, apart from the law, the righteousness comes. It's been revealed, attested, and it's attested by the law and the prophets, but you don't get it from the law and the prophets. You, you feel me? The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. All right, Christ the Messiah. To all who believe, there's no there's no distinction. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody, I just said that. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented him as an atoning sacrifice in his blood, received through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness. Because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and declare righteous the one who has faith in Jesus. He so he introduces the solution to this problem. And for Paul, it's justification. It's the righteousness of God being real, being revealed uh, in this. Um, and God has has has, has uh, dealt with the sin problem in his people and he has forgiven them. He has acquitted them and he has given them the righteousness that only can come from Christ. Right. If you're listening to this, that is and you're a Christian, that is about you, right? This problem, uh, this solution, <laughs> excuse me, uh, is uh, the solution that God has provided for his people. Romans 4, last chapter of this bunch, um, he continues his argument by appealing to scripture. Now, Romans, he appeals to scripture. Uh, it's, it appeals to scripture more than any other, uh, I believe, uh, Pauline text for sure. Um, he shows that our forefather Abraham was indeed, no, no, justified by faith as well. Like so, so again, this is attested by the law and the prophets. So he's like, no, no, like remember the text. Abraham was um, justified by faith. This ain't nothing new, right? Genesis fifteen, right? He quotes Genesis fifteen to show that this is the case, and um, he anticipates questions, man. He's like, no, no, if this blessing, this blessing is uh, by justification. But this blessing of justification is by faith. Is it only for the circumcised or the uncircumcised? And look what Paul says. He says this was to make him. The father of all who believe, but are not circumcised. So good. So that righteousness may be credited to them, credited to them also. And he became the father of the circumcised who are not only circumcised, but who also follow in the footsteps of the faith of our father Abraham, who had had while he was still uncircumcised. In other words, Paul's so good. In other words, he's like, no, no, like God declared him righteous before he was actually circumcised. So in other words, technically, before he became the father of the Jewish people, he was already righteous before he became a Jew outwardly in his body. He was righteous or, or an Israelite. Uh, he, he was righteous. Um, 
And it's so interesting because what he's saying is that he should be the father of the Gentiles as well because it's about faith, right? Because it was before he was even circumcised. So, so circumcision has nothing to do with it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So this is why Paul says he's the father of us all. And I love where he goes at the very end. And I'm almost done. I'm wrapping up. At the very end, he says, no. He says, no, 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 no. Like, Abraham, believe God, right? But when? 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 When, when did he believe God? So good. Not just before he was circumcised. Oh my goodness. So, so that he would be the father of both the Jew and the Gentile, right? Because he was kind of in a sense, take uh, uh, circumcised or, or, or declared righteous while he was a Gentile, but also when, when else he believed God, it says, um, it says when God told him he'd be the father of many nations. <sighs> so good. Paul says, Paul has this brief aside where he's like, no, no, like this is the God that gives life to the dead and calls things into existence that does not exist oh man this man abraham found was righteous according to paul because he believed regardless he will say of the deadness of his own body listen to this 100 years old big bruh it's a wrap but ain't no babies coming apart from a miracle and the deadness of sarah's womb in light of the deadness that god could bring life from the dead and he was fully convinced of this that god could bring life from the dead did, did you catch that and he says this wasn't just for them but also for us because that life out of death that god brought forth from abraham and sarah was meant to point to the life that god brought from death in jesus he brought life up where there was none. and if we believe in the greater fulfillment in what uh, abraham and sarah believe what, what that actually pointed to, if we believe in the resurrection of Jesus, this is why you say the resurrection is the grounds for our justification. We will be justified as well. This beautiful plan, this beautiful gospel that is beyond human uh, comprehension, that is beyond all of us, is the gospel that is for us. It is the revelation of God's righteousness from faith to faith. Let's pray. God, we just thank you that you've revealed yourself you've revealed your righteousness you've given the messiah over for us so that we may be justified god i pray that this truth would lead us to have an an, an, an immense amount of faith in who you are and what you can do it's in jesus name i pray amen